You are listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast, the weekly show where we take a look at some epic marketing failures, along with some pretty amazing brand rescues and comebacks. And now your hosts, Nico and Chad. Hey, Chad. Yeah. Do you want to play a quick game? Let's do it. All right, so you got to answer yes or no, and you get a point every time you say yes. You ready? I get a point for every yes. Yes. Or every correct answer. Every yes. Every yes, okay. Okay, do you know someone who is a producer? Like a movie producer, music producer? Uh, let's say television. Television? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know any TV producers. Okay. Do you know someone who has been a television host? No. Do you know somebody who's a Presbyterian minister? I actually did know somebody who was a Presbyterian minister. So the answer to that is yes. Because you had one. Yeah. Do you know somebody who's been inducted in the Television Hall of Fame? I do not. Apparently, I don't run in the correct Hollywood circles, but no. <laughs> <laughs> do you know someone who has over 40 honorary degrees? Well, I don't know if I should feel uneducated because of that, but no. <laughs> I think that's a little overboard, but no. You're hanging with the wrong crowd, Chad. Yeah. Do you know someone who is a singer and a composer? Yes, numbers of them. What? Yes, I have a number of singer, songwriter, composer friends. I used to do a lot of musical things. Oh, okay. Interesting. You got two musical things. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you're really making me feel good about your answer over here. (laughs) A lot of in-depth information there. Do you know someone who has been awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom? I do not. Do you know somebody who is a puppeteer? (laughs) Okay, this list is really going in a strange direction now, but no, I don't think so. (laughs) Do you know someone who has been awarded a Lifetime Achievement Emmy? I don't know these people. Okay, let me make it easy for you. Do you know your neighbor? I do know my neighbor. Neighbors. Yeah, perfect. Well, you got two. So you failed. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, not a great score. Well, there's somebody that would have said yes to all of those, and that's Mr. Rogers. Mm. Yeah. Yes. He was all of those, right? (laughs) 40 degrees. It's it's crazy. Amazing. Well, I couldn't answer yes to very many, if any, of these. Two. Two, Chad. (laughs) Two. (laughs) (laughs) Two very many. Don't twist it now. Yeah, two. And we'll get back to the whole singer-composer question later. I'm still not convinced. We'll circle back. Mm -hmm. But I think anybody who could answer yes to all of these, or really even a fairly high percentage of these, would be in a very impressive social circle. Yeah, It might be technically possible to have known one person who has all of those things, but I mean, the odds of that are like infinitesimally small. Yeah, But if you were lucky enough to know that one person amazing unicorn of a person. And if you also happen to be in the business of marketing, you'd probably want them to endorse your product, right? Like, oh my goodness, what an influential, amazing endorsement that would be. Sure. So in 1984, Burger King found themselves wanting exactly that as they ran into just this type of person. And then the brand that jumps to mind immediately when you think of Mr. Rogers, right? I mean, just first brand. <laughs> the brand association is just spot on. Well, especially for any of those who have kind of like studied Mr. Rogers' life, 
he weighed himself every single day. To be a specific number, right? Exactly. And so he was very, very health conscious. Where I grew up, we saw very little of him. But the other night, there was a little episode on television and I was watching it with Megan. I like looked to the side of me and she was like crying. And it made her think of her late dad because she used to watch it with her dad. And I think that's just like so many people have just so many good connotations with him. I watched the movie where Tom Hanks plays him and I had to ask her, was he really like that? It's a true story, but it's nearly like he was too nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what's the catch? <laughs> right. He's an amazing person. And one of those rare people that never, no scandals came out. I mean, he just was who he was. Just this amazing, genuine person. So the weight that he would always go for was 143 pounds. He always wanted to weigh 143 pounds because the number 143 That's the number of letters in the phrase, I love you, for each of those words. Wow, that's right, yeah. So in 1984, Burger King decides that instead of just working with Mr. Rogers and featuring him, they decided to parody the legendary Mr. Rogers. So let's listen to Mr. Rogers' first episode that ever aired. Hi, glad to see you today. I shall button my buttons on the sweater, change my shoes, and get ready to have some time with you in this very special studio of ours. Very soothing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. It just takes me back to my childhood and just immediately this rush of warmth and empathy. And, and you know what? There's no content like that for kids anymore. Everything these days are fast and music and crazy and he's just so calm and just relax but anyway so now that we've played that let's listen to the 1985 commercial for frame broiled burgers from burger king let's quickly play that burger king presents mr rodney hi neighbors today's new word is something mcdonald's does to every burger let's call it mcfrying can you say that mcfrying that's a word with zip now here's a question for you. If so many people preferred sizzling hot flame broiling like at Burger King, why is McDonald's still McFrying? That's one even Mr. Rodney can't answer. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> just bizarre. So I know you're just listening to this, but that's Mr. Rodney. He's dressed almost identical fashion attire than Mr. Rogers, sweater, sneaker, tie. And as he walks through the studio, clearly meant to mirror the set of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. At the end of the ad, the text appears at the bottom of the screen. It says, Mr. Rodney, a make-believe Burger King character. So it's terrible. It's really not good. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, there's no reason to put anybody up on a pedestal and worship an individual or anything like that. But Why not, Chad? The, <laughs> the lack of any sort of rational tie-in for what frying a hamburger has to do with the persona of Mr. Rogers, I just don't understand the connection. It's just such a strange pairing and such a reach. Yeah. And parodies aren't uncommon in marketing, right? I mean, this kind of stuff happens all the time. And a lot of parodies actually end up crossing the line and becoming offensive enough that they get taken down. We've covered so many different 
scenarios where ads ended up getting taken down just as quickly as they're launched. But Burger King's 1984 Mr. Rodney ad is one of those parodies that got taken down, but not for being offensive, right? It's not like offensive. It just doesn't feel right. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. But in order to understand that, it might help if we know a little bit more about Fred McFeely Rogers. Yeah, so here's a very brief overview. With the 2018 documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the other 2018 documentary, Mr. Rogers, It's You I Like, and the 2019 biographical film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, starring Tom Hanks, which is also one of my, talk about pedestal actors, no dirt luckily surfaced from him either, right? (laughs) There's a lot of people that we've looked up to over the years, it's kind of like, they're in jail now. Right. For horrible, horrible things. But anyway, not to mention the four children's television programs that aired for a combined total of 46 years. It's hard to not know about Mr. Rogers. But there's one thing you need to know in case you don't know them already. Rogers earned his bachelor's degree in music, worked in children's television for a few years, and then turned to school to earn his bachelor's degree in divinity and became a Presbyterian minister before attending the University of Pittsburgh's Graduate School of Child Development. So he had like a whole 360 in his career, basically. It's amazing. Yeah, just a very interesting mix of religion and philosophy, along with music and childhood development. And at the University of Pittsburgh, Rogers was not only educated on child development, but he also began his 30-year-long collaboration with child psychologist Margaret McFarland. And from there, he was able to begin developing children's shows that really had value and a purpose beyond even simply educating children. First, there was the Children's Corner, which ran for seven years. Then there was Mr. Rogers, followed by Butternut Square, each of which ran for three years. And the fourth and longest running of Rogers' shows, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, ran for 33 years from 1968 to 2001. Incredible. And it really was more than just children's entertainment. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was critically acclaimed for focusing on children's emotional and physical concerns, such as death, sibling rivalry, school enrollment, divorce. One of his most iconic episodes is right after 9-11 when he sat down and had a conversation with children about how Mm -hmm. to understand and deal with emotionally and process what happened after 9-11. So all of that to say, Rogers wasn't just a TV personality. He was a very well-educated professional who knew exactly what he was doing and created children's programs with a purpose. And that's why the $150,000 burger ad only ran for a week, Hmm. airing only a few dozen times before it was taken down. Let's talk about why it took down, or half of the reason. And the other reason is basically kindness. In the spring of 1984, Rogers stated to receive countless phone calls from parents complaining about the commercial. Having seen the ad himself and taking issue with it, Fred Rogers contacted the senior vice president of Burger King, Don Dempsey. Many people who take offense to being parodied cite libel or copy infringements or lack of royalties. But Fred basically had a different angle. Here's a quote from him. To have someone who looks like me doing a commercial is very confusing to children. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was his issue with it. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with money, royalties, copy infringement. He was just thinking of his audience. Or even his reputation wasn't even considered. It was really yeah. just what's the impact that this could have on kids. Yeah. So following this explanation, Dempsey reportedly pulled the commercial without another question. So in 1984, via telephone interview, Rogers explained to Pittsburgh studio as he had to Dempsey, quote, I've never done a commercial. I haven't even done public television auctions. When I saw it, of course, I felt that it needed to come off the air right away because of the way I feel about the host of a children's television series making any commercials at all. Kids trust me, and I don't want in any way to misuse that trust. And about the phone call that Rogers had with Burger King, Burger King spokesman John Weir said, quote, he was concerned that the boys and girls would think that Mr. Rogers or someone living in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood was plugging Burger King hamburgers. Mm. So Fred didn't threaten Burger King with any legal action. He simply just called them and had a polite conversation with them, one human being to another, to ask them to please just stop running the commercial. And he explained that, quote, it's a real testimony to what fine things can occur when people of goodwill can just talk to each other. Yeah, in 1969, I think it was, he had a session in front of the U.S. Congress. Because I remember this because we did an episode, I think it was episode 15, the tactic that shouldn't be used, the ins and outs about marketing to children. And he was so influential with early on creating some guidelines. He really went to bat for kids. It's just incredible. So Weir also said that Rogers was, quote, just as nice as could be. And Dempsey said, quote, Mr. Rogers is one guy you don't want to mess with, as beloved as he is. So that particular commercial goes on the shelf. Hopefully, now we have peace in the neighborhood. So again, there was no lawyers, no mess, no fuss, no threatening, just a gentle, kind conversation. And if you think about it, that is the Mr. Rogers way, right? Absolutely. I mean, to say there are a lot of lessons to be taken away from Mr. Rogers would be an understatement. I mean, his empathy and his approach to other people is so needed right now. And one of the lessons that we see here is that kindness really does go a long way. It can really have a big impact. From the Burger King ad and the way that Fred handled it, we also learn one facet of his legacy is that he was also Mm anti-commercial. He often spoke out against commercialization aimed at children, particularly. Rogers was once quoted as saying, the question is not what can we sell the children and families who use Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, or even what can we give them, but rather, who are they and what do they bring to the television set? So after retiring in 2001, Rogers was diagnosed with stomach cancer in 2002 and passed away in February 2003. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Target and Mr. Rogers. And you'll see that this is a very different approach where Burger King, when I researched this, I was very surprised that they did all this without any contact with Mr. Rogers. You know what I mean? It's, it's one thing like creating an ad, but it's another thing involving the person and they just did it in complete isolation so target a little bit of a different approach here and which i think paid off let's quickly play a target ad from 2013. it's a beautiful 
So a decade after his death, the Fred Rogers company licensed the song Won't You Be My Neighbor, the theme song of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, to Target in 2013. And William Isler, the president of Fred Rogers Co., told The Globe and Mail, quote, When we were first approached by Target, we immediately felt very comfortable with the respect that they had for Fred and his legacy. And this is paramount to us. Hmm. Well, according to KDKA-TV, CBS Pittsburgh, plenty of Pittsburgh locals liked the new commercial, including Point Park University advertising professor Bob O'Gara, who said, quote, The advocacy programs that they have, the kinds of things that they're working with to keep that whole spirit alive, that's money. That's money that's going to fund some great programs. So no downside at all. Both Isler and O'Gara's points could be considered fair. However, given Rogers' longtime opposition to commercialism, many felt that even the notion of using the song was kind of like heresy. Mm-hmm. And according to Katie K.A., one comment on the ad said, The first time I saw the ad, I was filled with rage. Fred Rogers would have done whatever it took to prevent this from happening. Which is probably true. I do think so. I mean, I think as I first listened to the ad and actually just watched the commercial. It's not exactly Daniel Tiger, is it? It isn't. And for me personally, it didn't sit super well with me. I mean, I think remaking of the song, I don't have a problem with that. I think the more ways you can kind of get the philosophy out to as many people as possible is great. But to see it in such a highly commercial use just felt like it was a misuse of what the spirit of that song is really actually all about. Yeah. And even better than the thoughts of a random stranger plucked from the comment section online is the thoughts of Joe Negri. So jazz guitarist, educator, and music director Joe Negri appeared regularly in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as Handyman Negri. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he was asked about the commercialization, Negri said, quote, Fred and commercial television weren't meant to be. He couldn't stand doing any commercials. He wouldn't pitch G.I. Joe. He was always fighting with the sales department. Negri went on to add that Rogers was equally negative about selling things like cereal. Like Burger King in 1984, it's easy to understand why Target would want to use Mr. Rogers in their marketing just because of who he is. But why would Fred Rogers' company license out a legacy of a man who was so outspoken in his stance against commercialization? Whatever the reason, the Fred Rogers company fortunately learned their lesson with the 2013 Target ad and never ever licensed out Mr. Rogers' related material ever again. Or so you would hope. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. There is more. (laughs) We as humans are slow learners, and we as marketers particularly are extra slow learners. (laughs) But in 2018, Google launched an ad for the Google Pixel 3. Unlike the Target ad from five years earlier, rather than using a cover of one of Roger's songs, the theme song for the TV show in Google's commercial, Roger's own voice can be heard talking and singing about wonder. It seems there are two ways to view the ad. The first being that in Google's defense, Mr. Rogers always tried to instill a sense of wonder and intellectual curiosity in his audience members. 
and Google hoped to do the same with the Pixel 3. Well, again, similar to Burger King, when I hear Pixel 3, I think of Miserages immediately. So, <laughs> Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, the second is that Rogers was also very clearly, explicitly, and publicly against not just advertisement aimed at kids, as we covered in episode 15, but his voice and image being used to advertise to kids. And seeing as the second contradicts the first, you cannot have both, right? So Susan Mastry, marketing and communications director for Fred Rogers Productions, confirmed that Fred Rogers Productions which hold the publishing rights for Mr. Rogers' catalog of music, agreed to the license, did you know, to Google. She said, quote, we wouldn't ordinarily, but we felt that it was tastefully done, and pointed to how Mr. Rogers featured technology in the neighborhood, including a computer. Mastery, obviously not, didn't disclose the amount of money that they got for the vocal track for the ad. So, I don't know. Business is business, but... There's also things that's holy, right? <laughs> that you just don't touch. You're a marketer. Would you make an ad with him? Knowing who he is, the answer is no. The thing about it, and we talk about it all the time, is authenticity is so important and sincerity in what we do. And I don't think that it helps for a brand to try to attach themselves to something that's authentic by doing that in an inauthentic way. Yeah. It really just kind of defeats the purpose of what you're trying to accomplish in the first place. And if you watch Mr. Rogers' show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, whenever he introduces a piece of technology or very frequently he would go to manufacturers and you'd see how cheese is made or how crayons were made, he wouldn't go to Crayola. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't talk about Crayola. He would talk about crayons. Right. And so, yes, he was very involved in technology education and learning about the world. But it was always done in a non-commercial way that really just had the best interest of kids at heart. And, and so I think honesty really is the best policy. He was known for honesty and transparency with his viewers Advertising is, in a sense, manipulative. Yeah, of course it is. It just is. It is, but you also provide value, meaning that if you're in a town on business, you can say that there's an ad for a hotel that's manipulating you to live there, but it's also adding value because you need to stay somewhere. Right. It works both ways. So I think a lot of people do get caught up on the whole manipulative aspect of marketing and advertising, specifically if we start thinking of target audiences and the psychology of the emotions we're gonna enact in people, but it also adds a value if it's done right, because you can say that ad is taking advantage of somebody, but you can also say that it provides a benefit to that person that's there because they need to stay at a place. I think if you move away from those two aspects, then you start getting into hot water. And this is exactly what we've just covered in this episode. You're right. There is not a single thing in our lives that we do that isn't influenced by some external factor that we didn't necessarily put in place. Yeah. And so that's just a fact of life. And so we can know that and understand it and deal with it in a positive way. And I think just that transparency factor is huge. Yeah. Or to say it a different way, don't just entertain, create value. 
right? So Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood's focused on creating authentic value for the viewer and not just entertainment. And I think that's why people like you and Megan that grew up with Mr. Rogers have this internal connectation with Mr. Rogers because you're associated mm -hmm. with all the stuff that you learned. Mm -hmm. And consent from endorsements maybe is something we can also take away from, <laughs> from today's yeah. episode. But how can a person's image or voice be effectively used to push a product in a commercial when part of his legacy was how anti-commercial they were? It's a little bit tone there for me, you know what I mean? And I suppose the final thing to wrap up today's episode from my end, just this kindness goes a long way. We've covered some horrible law cases and suits on this podcast. And you and I have been through our careers running companies, horrible stuff before, where we just like afterwards, everything could have been resolved. We, we end up in the same spot after hundreds of thousands of dollars has been spent. We ended in the same spot we could have been by just discussing it, right? Yeah, just calm, rational. Kindness goes a long way. And I think in today's climate, I think it's even more important than ever. And you know what? I said this to Emerson, our little six-year-old the other night. It starts with us. Pass it down. Be kind to people around you and they'll pass it to other people. Absolutely. And when it's hardest to do that is when you have to kind of sacrifice something that's in your interest. I think with these advertisers, a lot of them probably thought, hey, this is in our best interest. We can score some branding points with this. But where it really matters is when it's difficult, when it's not the easy thing to do. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Nice episode, man. I enjoy this. Speak to you guys next week. Bye. You've been listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast. This show is hosted by Nico Katsia and Chad Childress, the co-founders of KPI Agency, a marketing rescue agency. Be sure to visit marketingrescuepodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, contact the hosts, and discover fantastic bonus content.